Going on 14. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 293 of 40 Going On 14. I am Mike. And I am Patrick. And I am Joel. And I'm Josh. And at least when I was done watching Batman vs. Superman, I thought, self, you're never going to have to watch anything from DC Comics as aggressively terrible as this ever again. Little did I know, 1970s Shazam was sitting in the wings saying, Hold my beer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, that is, that is a show we are doing this week. It is, uh, the Shazam show or otherwise known as Captain Marvel, uh, the DC Captain Marvel. Um, we're doing the 19, what, 1974, you said 1974, um, TV show, uh, which was a thing. Uh, we will talk about starring TV's Michael Gray, um, we are also going to be talking about the recent 2018. Yeah, last week, last year, or this year, this year, 2019. I think it was this year, yeah. Shazam. Yeah, 2019. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and I think I think there will be opinions, but I don't think they're going to be what you think they are. This will be an interesting show. That was needlessly cryptic. That's what I do. <laughs> it's his job. Oh, if you um, like jobs, and who doesn't? You might like the shows on the Podcast Collective. Such as I Am Salt Lake, Tales from the Hard Side, the Portland Beer Club podcast, and of course, the Rad Dad Radio Hour. Someone used their car alarm yeah. off. He's, he's, he's stuck, everyone. <laughs> yeah, someone slapped I, that guy. He's stuck in a groove. I ended it. Well, <laughs> yes, but it sounded like a car alarm that had gone off because someone threw a rock at it. <laughs> that was definite car alarm barbs. Barbs? Car alarm barbs. They stole our barbs. <laughs> if you like barbs, <laughs> if you like barbs, come on over to iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, TalkShoe, Podverse FM, Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio. We're all over the place. You can find our older stuff. And if you want to give us a call, we're at 708 now wrap. It's 708-669-9727. Yeah, we can give us listener feedback. Which, Josh, we got any? Sure, hope not. Uh, oh, well. the answer is no, we do not. The answer is no, we do not, even if we do. <laughs> yeah. I don't that's think we do. Right. So, listeners, if you send it in, well, I apologize. That's all right. Or call us and complain about it. We'll play it in four weeks. Yes. We do not have any. The last one was still from June 13th. All right, that's all right. So, all right, listeners, you suck. Uh, way to win him over, Pat. Well, they don't know by now. Yeah, Pat's the talent. He can say whatever the hell he wants. That's right. Don't upset the talent. But in the meantime... The talent, happy. <laughs> it's about that time. This week in... Music. Movies. And TV. And sports. So this week... March 7th, 1994. I had a hard time getting a week because the the show premiered March 7th, 1974. And we just literally, for the longest yard, did, or no, not March. Um, whatever it was, it was a, literally a like six days away from the longest yard date. So I was like, well, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm like, I'm like, three bullet points are like, these look really familiar. <laughs> so I had to go and find a new date and finding anything that, you know, was decent enough. I was like, whatever. I ended up using the graphic novel. So one of the iterations of Shazam, the graphic novel, the power of Shazam, which was kind of a reboot in the nineties. That's the date we're using. Okay. Well, you found something. Yeah. 
the best the number one movie in the land is The Longest Yard. <laughs> womp, womp. All right. So music, Joel, set us off. Yes, music. The top song in the land was The Power of Love by Celine Dion, which was knocked off during the week by Ace of Bases, The Sign. Holy shit. That's definitely 94. Yes, it is. I love The Sign. I was going to say, I like Ace of Bass, too. It's a yeah. guilty pleasure, but that yep. one album's amazing. Oh, I remember I remember my freshman year of college, that song came, that, that album came out, and you couldn't walk into the, the dorm without hearing some song from that playing from somebody's radio, somebody's CD, whatever, you know. I was the first one to buy it, and, I, and like my next-door neighbor's roommates borrowed it from me and never gave it back. Aw. <laughs> so I went and bought uh, it. I, no, wait, I was pretty sure I borrowed it from you. Whoa! You've had it all these bar. years. Yeah. I've had to buy like four copies of that. I was gonna say CD. because we lived together the entire time I had it, but from the time we lived together till the time we no longer live together, I had it. I just remember listening to that album, driving to Sheboygan and ending up in DeKalb, <laughs> or not Sheboygan, driving to Oswego and ending up in DeKalb. Oh, um, Pat, don't even worry about it because you go to any Goodwill, you could probably find four of them for a dollar ninety nine. You could get the band for that much. Aw. Hey. But yeah, I should get a dollar ninety-nine. Uh March first was the birthday of Justin Bieber, Canadian singer and musician known for his music as much as his offstage life. His hits have included Baby, Sorry, and What Do You Mean? It's a song title. I, I, I only know you. Baby. That, that's all. Well, huh? we, 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 we you know, sorry, about, we talked about that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, we did that on one of the Billboard shows, didn't we? Yeah, no, we did. I um, think we did both. Sorry and what do you mean? One, the we same did. Uh, love yourself. Oh, maybe it was sorry and love yourself. Yeah, sorry yeah. and yeah. love yourself were on the same same show. Which love yourself wasn't. I think if I remember correctly, we weren't all like this sucks on that. It was actually pretty good. That was the one with the video of the couple that did the the hand dancing. Yeah, I actually like both sorry and what do you mean as much as i dislike justin bieber as a person wow that's a lot yeah (laughs) march 1st was a bad day for composers sandro fuga italian composer and pianist died at 87 years old timothy andrew james souster american composer and musician died at 51 years old and walter kent american composer of i'll be home for christmas died at 82 that's why march 1st is now known as decomposing day is it though Womp womp. <laughs> I did not make the joke. Patrick is to blame for that one. I don't think it's I think it's that's a very joke. Yeah, yeah, it's joking quotes. Yeah, we wrote that just for him, yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying that because I was gonna make the joke and he already had it in the goddamn notes. Faster. Well it's a standard, you know, dead composer joke anymore. I mean, yeah. aren't there enough though? Yeah, you know, I don't want to I, I didn't want to go with one of the, you know, outlying you know, dead composer jokes. I wanted to go with one of the standard ones. I've never known Pat to be, you know, too much moderation. All in. On March 5th, former Jefferson Airplane lead singer (laughs) Grace Slick was arrested for pointing an unloaded shotgun at a police officer who was responding to a call that shots had been fired at her house. Law enforcement officers received a call at 3.30 a.m. from an inebriated man who said a drunken woman was firing a gun at his home. When police officers arrived, an intoxicated Grace Slick then came to the door carrying a shotgun, pointed it at the officers, and demanded that he, uh, oh, and demanded that the officers leave her property. Didn't even throw you with a big word there, Joel. It's the Thorth. (laughs) An officer was able to wrestle the gun away from Slick when her attention was diverted. 
The shotgun was unloaded, but a search of the premises revealed live and spent shotgun shells located in the yard. Grace Slick was charged with a felony firearm assault offense. Offense. I can't talk. I'm Ron Burgundy. Under a plea bargain, Slick was permitted to plead to a lesser misdemeanor offense. As a condition of probation, she agreed to attend Alcoholics Anonymous meetings, perform 200 hours of community service, submit to random drug testing, and abstain from alcohol. <laughs> At least she did not abstain from Starship. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think she abstained from any of those things. Yeah. <laughs> Especially considering what they made under the name of Starship. She was definitely on something. She was high on life, Patrick. She was probably, uh, <laughs> she was probably high from two, two name changes ago. <laughs> she was doing lines of city. <laughs> I was going to say, she was still high from Woodstock. <laughs> still had some of that white rabbit. Uh, on March 3rd in Rome, Nirvana's Kurt Cobain lapsed into a coma after overdosing on Rohypnol and Champagne. Two days prior, Nirvana played their last concert of all time. Barely over a month later, Cobain's body was found in his guest home, dead from, and he has in quotation, suicide. Because we know that it I wasn't believe, suicide. Yeah, I still believe it was not suicide. Hmm. Hmm. I'm not saying who did it, but I'm saying it wasn't him. But you're saying that there was a thing. I'm not gonna, we're not going to go down this rabbit hole right now, but yeah, that's another show. I've done that show. Moving on to movies. All right. Moving on to movies, then. <laughs> the top movie in the land was Ace Ventura Pet Detective. Hooray! <sighs> I know. I've never Let me seen ask that you movie. a question. You know, you don't, you're not missing anything. That's kind of why I haven't seen it. There are a couple of laughs, but it definitely is one of those where it's like, obviously, this is when he became undirectable. And that those are always when those big stars are at their worst. Mm-hmm. Just let him loose. It'll be okay. Worked out so well with Michael Myers. Yeah. Mm. Ugh, that cat in the hat is a steaming pile of cat. Now, if, you, if you were stuck and you only yes. could watch one movie and it has to be either... The Love Guru or Cat in the Hat? Which one do you go with? Oh, I love choose guru. death. <laughs> Easy. Love Guru doesn't have Spencer Breslin in it. Uh, well, and I'd go for Love Guru just because the Marishka Mar Haggarday joke is, is relatively entertaining. All right. Well, movies released this week included Guarding Tess, The Chase, Four Weddings and a Funeral, and The Hud Sector Proxy. Hooray! I, I like the second half of that. Yeah. Guarding Tess. Agreed. Uh, the chase? What was the chase? That was the Mar uh, the Charlie Sheen and, um, oh God, what's her name? Um, Christy Swanson? Christy Swanson. Uh, yeah, right? Swanson. Oh. Yeah, Swanson. Uh. Yeah, I was way off. <laughs> Swami, Slappy, Samsonite. All right. Uh, Henry Charles Bukowski. Born Heinrich Karl Bukowski, was a German-American poet, novelist, and short story writer. His writing was influenced by the, the social, cultural, and economic ambiance of Los Angeles. His work addressed the ordinary lives of poor Americans, the act of writing, alcohol, relationships with women, and the drudgery of work. Bukowski wrote thousands of poems, hundreds of short stories, and six novels, eventually publishing over 60 books, some of which were adapted into movies. He died from leukemia on March 8th. He is one of my favorite authors. I feel like I would have a lot in common with this man. <laughs> <laughs> what are you laughing at? 
that's a very true statement. <laughs> yeah. If you, haven't, if you haven't read any Bukowski, I think you should. Or should I though? <laughs> no, no, you should. I think it's I think you stuff. would dig him very much. I will have to look him that's up. Good stuff. All right. On March fourth, the world lost the great John Candy when he died from a heart attack at forty-three years old. Candy was known for his comedic roles in Stripes, Uncle Buck, Spaceballs, and the acronym of the week, which is PTAA, which I'm pretty sure is just Pootie Tang and Andy. (laughs) (laughs) When you paused, I knew it was going to be good. (laughs) Uh, Unfortunately, that was sort of an inside joke, but it's Oh, my God. That's great. Pootie Tang. Oh, man. And Andy. Andy. <laughs> now, are we talking like Andy Dwyer? Because that would make I would watch that. No, that was a, that was a thing that Joel and I That's used to do. Darkness and Andy. Andy. <laughs> and like uh, wh- whatever whatever it was, Joel would do this weird interpretive dance, and as Andy in the background, I'd just be jumping around. <laughs> I don't quite understand it like 25 years later, but there's a lot of college that we don't remember or understand. So, all right. So moving it on. It's still funny and it's still funny. It is TV. The top shows in the land are 60 minutes, home improvement, Seinfeld and Roseanne. Very 1994. 60 minutes is still hanging out in there too. That's the thing. Is someone playing space quest. No, I think Joel's having some sort of seizure in the back. All right. Also, the 36th annual Grammy Awards were held on March 1st. Whitney Houston won three awards, including Record of the Year and Album of the Year. And she opened the show with I Will Always Love You from the Bodyguard soundtrack, the album that won. Selena became the first Teano Tano Tano Grammy winner. Audrey Hepburn's win made her the fifth person to become an EGOT. What is that? One who's won an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony. Oh, okay. And the first person to complete the status posthumously. That means she was not humorous about it. Is that right? <sighs> Moving on. I didn't say it. Frank Sinatra received the Grammy Legend Award, and his acceptance speech was cut short. That takes some balls right there. Cut Frank Sinatra short. Other artists criticized the producer's decision during the show, and Billy Joel took pause for silence in the middle of the performance of his song, The River of Dreams, noting that he is wasting valuable air time. That was actually a big, big hullabaloo at the time. I mean, almost every other person that went up to accept an award after that happened was like, uh, that was some serious bullshit or whatever. <laughs> they, all, they were all like, why would you cut off a legend? And I mean, everybody was commenting. And Billy Joel literally in the middle of in, like straight in the middle of his song had the entire band and himself. They just stopped. For like oh, 15, shit. For like 15 seconds, it was just complete silence. <laughs> oh, damn. He's like, he's like, yeah, how about that airtime? And then he just went back to playing. <laughs> In the middle of the song. Yeah, oh, I, mean, I, was, I was actually watching that episode uh, live when that happened. Really? Yeah, well, I was a big Frank Sinatra fan, so I watched that one particularly. I wonder what happened to the person that had the, it was just like, all right, well, he's talking too long. Just stop him. He sleeps with the fishes now. Yeah, I would probably. Yeah, he's hanging out with Jimmy Hoffa. Yeah. All right. So Ezra Stone was an American actor and director who had a long career on the stage, in films, on radio, and on television. His most notable role as an actor was in the radio comedy hit The Aldrich Family for most of its 14-year run. 
When that ended, Stone turned primarily to directing stage and in television, beginning with the television version of The Aldrich Family in 1952. Uh-oh. <laughs> From there, he went on to direct for numerous shows, including I Married Joan, Bachelor Father, Bob Hope Presents the Chrysler Theater. This does not look good for this guy. <laughs> Lassie, The Munsters, Lost in Space, and Love American Style. By the end of his career, he was estimated to have directed or produced 300 to 400 television programs. He died in a terrible auto accident on March 3rd. Ooh. See, one of these days, Pat's going to throw us for a lube. It's like starting on March 3rd, he lived another 40 years. (laughs) Oh, it's like, wow, did not see that one coming. (laughs) We'll just have to end the show at that point. Don't hold your breath, Josh. Yeah. Bachelor you know father. his love of death. Exactly. I know. I love that name, Bachelor Father. I I want to watch it that show. Does not I'm roll sure off the tongue. Horrible. No. It sounds like it, it sounds like a, a some kind of supervillain in the Tick. <laughs> he is Bachelor Father. Is it about a priest that isn't married, or is it about a a, a single father? It's probably father? about a single father because back then, you know, like single parents were like not exactly a normal thing. So you'd put him on television and be like, Ooh, look at the spectacle as he tries to raise children alone. So bachelor father would have been followed by a married Joan. Then, Ooh, bachelor father, American sitcom went from 1957 to 1962. Bentley, Greg, a wealthy bachelor attorney in Beverly Hills raises his orphan teenage niece. Oh, so his brother or sister died. Okay. That. Okay. 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 He's raised. He's raising his niece. <laughs> the misadventures of a son, IMDb. The misadventures of a single adopted father raising a teenage niece with the help of his manservant. Oh, is that the Seinfeld pilot? Oh wait, no, he, he oh. was an indentured. Sammy Tong, played by Peter Tong. <laughs> Why change the name at all? I know. <laughs> Sammy was much easier to pronounce. <laughs> Sammy sounds too Asian. Let's call you Peter. What Here, the mm, hell? Too Jewish. Okay. 50s TV was so strange. Okay. Oh, well, yeah, maybe they're uh, like, we already got a Sammy Tong. You, you're Peter. <laughs> there you go. I think it's time to move on to sports. <laughs> Please. Sports. Robert James Crisp was a South African cricketer who played in nine tests from 1935 to 1936 before li- living for a while in England. Though his test bowling average lay over 37, Crisp had successful first-class cricket. Had a successful cr- first-class cricket. Cr- Jesus Christ! I'm gonna start this <laughs> sentence over. <laughs> Though his test bowling average lay over 37, Crisp had a successful first-class cricket career with 276 wickets. <laughs> at n- Jesus Christ! I'm done. That's the end of the tweet. We're done. <laughs> you want me to take every other word for you? <laughs> At 19.88. I, 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 I hardly ever fuck these up, and I'm just getting it all out in one twee. All right. <laughs> With 276 wickets at 19.88. I don't know if that's impressive or not. He's the only bowler. Yes. Yeah. He's the only bowler in first-class cricket to have taken four wickets in four balls more than once. <laughs> I'm <laughs> Actually, okay. If you, if you know cricket, that actually is impressive. Yeah, that actually. I mean, at this point, yeah, I understand what that means. But still, yeah. taking four wickets and four balls does sound very seventh grade to me. <laughs> the chin. 
went on to a career in journalism and writing, publishing several accounts of his career in World War II and earning a reputation as an adventurer. He died of natural causes on March 3rd. He was eaten by a tiger. Well, that for an adventurer, that's natural causes. Yeah. Ah. Oh. Hmm. And lastly, to get us the hell out of this twee, on March 6th, the United Arab Emirates beat Kenya by two wickets to win the ICC trophy. And for cricket, that is a Go hell of a UAE. Slim, <laughs> that is a hell of a slim margin. Two wickets. Yeah, especially in this game. When you've got two hundred and seventy six wickets at nineteen point eight. I mean at least there were no oh fuck, I'd lost the term. The ducks. What was the duck term? Oh. I don't know. All I keep thinking of our maidens. <laughs> oh get us the hell out of this tweet. Play us out of here, keyboard Joel. So Shazam, or as he's also known as Captain Marvel. I didn't know that at all before this show. You didn't know that? Well, I I can see how you would know that. Yeah, I'm not not a comic book reader. Yeah, you're a big superhero guy. Because there was Captain Marvel for DC, which was Shazam. And then there was Captain Marvel for Marvel, which was multiple people. Well, and before DC, uh, Captain Marvel was for Fawcett Comics. And they actually lost a lawsuit from DC that Captain Marvel was a ripoff of Superman. And then later DC bought Fawcett. Oh, geez, that sucks. Right. They turned off the Fawcett. So like DC has been involved on litigation concerning the character Captain Marvel on both sides. They sued Fawcett and then later Marvel sued them. That means such an innocuous phrase, too. I mean, it's not like they couldn't come up with a different name. I didn't know. I I thought it was the same Captain Marvel. Well, I could see that. But uh, but yeah. So this TV never, show. I've never heard of superheroes sharing a name before. So I mean, that's the this is the first time. Uh, yeah, it's. I think it's because Captain Marvel was so early. Like he was out selling Superman in like forty two. Wow. But uh, yeah, yeah, he made a big impact. yeah for sure. And uh, but then, like Marvel Comics, the character hadn't been used for a while, and they were referred to as Shaz- like Fawcett changed the name to Shazam to try to uh, dodge uh, some legal consequences. And then, so the original name was not in use. So Marvel Comics came out, and all of a sudden, you got all this litigation. Wow. It's an interesting story and much more interesting than anything happened in the 1974 show. Yes. So, Shazam, 1974 to 1977. All the fun you can pack in a Winnebago. A young boy able to transform into the superhero Captain Marvel travels the country fighting evil and helping people. Uh, This stars TV's Michael Gray. More helping people than fighting evil. Yeah, it seemed it reminded me of uh, like an after school special. Yeah, what was that one with Michael Landon where he was? Uh, uh, I was just an about angel? to say it, it, it felt like touched by an angel. Touched by an oh. angel. <laughs> yeah, no, no, you're talking about uh, <laughs> touch by heaven. <laughs> Stairway to heaven is what you're talking about. Stairway to heaven was the Mike. Yeah, Michael Landon one. That's yeah. right. Touched Highway to heaven. Was. Yes. God no, Stairway to heaven. <laughs> Jesus. So Michael Gray, also known as the White Eric Estrada. <laughs> Wait, like, he was white? Chico and the man hit the road. So yes, this stars TV's Michael Gray, and I couldn't remember why I knew that name. 
until I remembered uh, watching season four, five of Archer from Drastic Voyage episode where they shrink themselves down and get injected into a uh, they they have like a whole um, amazing, amazing journey or whatever the heck there was episode. And, voyage. <laughs> yeah. And Michael Gray is continually shows up in there and they're they always announce it as like, hey, it's TV's Michael Gray when he has done literally nothing since 1976 since this show his his filmography is nothing until pretty much something called surge of power revenge of the sequel where he plays will eb and then on archer so huh yeah i don't know why he's famous i don't know why he's so but also less tremaine the joke yes less tremaine is in this as the aptly named mentor that annoyed me so much more than it should have. That he was <laughs> that just, he called, just mentor. called mentor. No, yeah. it should annoy you because they they couldn't come up with just call him Frank. Yeah, give him call. any name, mentor. No, that's just like oh, it was so dumb. Like if, if he had a big cosmic looking costume or something, then you get to be <laughs> called mentor. Yeah, but he's just a guy in a windbreaker. Yeah, like, yeah, he's just driving an RV and like saying cryptic stuff. He's ba- he's basically Martin Crane. Yeah, he's well. He Martin is known Crane for in doing a Winnebago. Tons of mo- uh, vo- uh, voices. In fact, the Dukes of Hazard. He, 1982, he played Big Daddy Hog for one episode in Dukes of Hazard. The guy has a like all over the place. After this, he wound up doing something for Raggedy Ann and Andy in the Great Santa Claus Caper. So oh. he was uh Classic. Really a thing. That's all I got to say about Les Tremaine. Jackson, not related to Barry Bostwick. I was just looking that up. <laughs> no, I looked that up. As soon as I saw that name, yeah, I, I had to find out. Uh, he is known for outside playing Captain Marvel uh, from My Science Project, that 1985 classic, where he played Sentry, or in Tron, where he played the head guard. Oh, he guarded the head well. There's a real cla- a, a list for this show right here. It's a classy way to say cock block. The head guard. <laughs> <He's-> <laughs> Jesus. Wow. All of his n- people he's played in the movie Evil Knievel, he played Linda's Lover, uncredited. Funny Face, the TV series, he played Football Hero. Except for one thing called Gus, where he played Stepan Stars Petrovic. in his eyes. He's a football hero. Yes. I got that. Uh, <sighs> John- John Davey uh, also played Captain Marvel for 11 episodes, and he's known for this and A Fine Mess. Remember that movie? The Laurel and Hardy mm-hmm. movie? Har- uh, Howie Mandel. going to make that same joke. <laughs> uh, and Remington Steele, where he played Blazin' Billy Flynn. Oh, that was a fantastic episode. Uh, yeah, I maybe. Know. I loved his character arc. Jackie Earl Haley was in this. And nice. Danny Bonadu- a child star. So it's just I, 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 it never fails to amaze me how you pull into these. When I've already gone into a coma from these shows, you are like pulling names out of their left and right. Patrick uh, and Butch Patrick, Danny Bonaducci, and Adam West, uncredited as the voice of Hercules. He was the only one of the five voices that was a name that I recognized. I was like, I wow. gotta put that in there. So if that cast list doesn't enthrall you for what this show is about, 
Then you have a functioning brain. Aww. And this was big enough to anchor like a whole hour of superhero TV on CBS. Like this was one half of the uh, Shazam ISIS hour. Oh, oh man. I remember ISIS. She was actually the... F- I was going to say that has aged poorly. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, ISIS was the first female superhero. She beat out uh, Bionic Woman and Wonder Woman by like a year. Huh. Well, I'm kind of upset now that I left that out of the trivia because because the shows were back to back, they did a crossover episode. <laughs> so some trivia on this one. Be awful. The uh, six letters in the word Shazam stood for the six elders who granted Billy their powers. Solomon, Hercules, Atlas, Zeus, Achilles, and Mercury. Shazam. Achilles seems like a bad one to get a power from. Yeah, right. I'm going to give you a power, but let me tell you something first. Wear well, good boots. I was going to say, he was <laughs> supposed to be invincible aside from his one weak point, which is like most superheroes if you're going to pick nets. Yeah. Except the tick. True. He's not invulnerable. So. Uh, Jackson Boswick said that when fired from the series, producers explained to him that since it was a kid's show, most viewers would not notice another actor replacing him in the role. <laughs> that so there's a that's a great speech. That is quality trivia. Yeah. Boswick believed that most kids were smart enough to tell the difference and was largely proven to be correct. So people did notice that suddenly, because because mm. if anybody's, we're talking about picking nits. If anybody's going to pick nits about a stupid superhero TV show, it's because the kids watching. They're like, wait a second. That's not Shazam. Be comic book collectors. Comic book collectors are definitely the ones that are very meticulous in their details. Yes. Where's that Southern uh, draw? But, but, but obviously they noticed, but they didn't give a shit because he got the other guy got more episodes than he even did. So that's kind of sad too. worst switch out ever. Well, he got more. He got more seasons. Did he get more episodes? No, he got he he, he got 18. And the other guy got 11, I think. If I remember right. Huh. Let's see. Uh, the first season was oh, yeah, 17 episodes. and 11, 17 and 11. 17 All right. 11, I, yeah. Still. Yeah, okay. you said corrected. Yeah, and you honestly, that, reverse it. Yeah, Jackson Boswick. I mean, he's pretty cool. Some of the trivia on this guy alone: uh, he taught uh, drama and directed plays at Auburn University during the early '90s, and is an expert in Jeet Kune Do and Wing Chun Kung Fu. So nice. Yeah, everybody Wing Chun tonight. <laughs> Damn it! Everybody, uh-huh. well, he was fired. Right. Here's how why, why he was fired. So after two episodes into the second season, he was fired and replaced by John Davy. He failed to show up for shooting, and the producers accused him of holding out for more salary. The truth was is that he had sustained an injury at the previous day's shoot shooting. It was getting treatment. He successfully filed a lawsuit against Filmation and was forced to pay him for a remainder of his contract, which included the remaining episodes of the second season. So mm. that's. I feel better for him then. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck those guys for making this awful show and screwing him. Shazam. We noticed you didn't show up yesterday. I was in the hospital because of this show. It's um, the character mentor was more or less based on the character. Uncle Dudley in the Captain Marvel comic books. Was he though? More or less. Probably less. Yeah. Uncle Dudley seemed. I mean, did any of you guys watch the cartoon that I sent? No, I did. Oh, Uncle Dudley sounds like um, uh, the guy with the drunk guy with the top hat from the forties. 
WC Field. Yeah, he sounds like WC Fields. In it, so he was terrible. Uh, but Billy Bats definitely did not get a WC Fields vibe from Mentor. No, not at all. Uh, Billy Batson's radio work was only mentioned once in the series, a brief line spoken by Billy in the first episode that WHIZ had sent him on a roving assignment to do stories about American youth with Mr. Mentor as an advisor. And that just makes it better. Yeah, that's not better. (laughs) Hey, Wiz told me to go with Mr. Mentor to talk about (laughs) kids. Take a Wiz with (laughs) us. This is like piles of bad ideas. You know what it was? It was like a brainstorming session for Superman, and they wrote all this shit down in the brainstorming session, and these are the notes they threw out. Filmation found it. This is the version of twins for superheroes. You've got Superman, and you've got this thing. Like all, This is the Danny DeVito of the two twins, is all I'm saying. There was, a long time, there was uh, two long-held like myths one is that tv is noticeably lesser quality and like lower rent overall than film and the other is that superheroes are not marketable whoever held those beliefs obviously watched this fucking show yes they're definitely true or at least produced it whoever 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 was in charge of the show obviously didn't care either yeah, they're yeah. they're kids. They'll never notice that we've got a superhero that never fights a supervillain or does anything with his superpowers other than teach lessons <laughs> and lift trees. <laughs> that first episode, here's this gang of kids standing around at the hot dog shack eating plums. <laughs> I, <laughs> I want to see the Venn diagram between between like you know felons and plum eaters. <sighs> It crosses like, over more than you know, man. Yeah, plums, plums, like he says, they're like the hand grenades of fruit. I mean, a long time ago, we talked about how the original Hulk show didn't age very well. I take back everything I said about the quality of the Hulk show. Yeah, so this this I show mean, um, was in uh, in a few words, not good. Well, not good, and it's not good in so many levels because it's not good it's not well written the the dialogue is awful the acting is terrible the elders when you think you would have this point where the every beginning of every show the elders explain something to billy batson like today you are going I mean, unfortunately it's like today you're going to meet a kid who doesn't want to commit felonies with his friends you know no we're not stealing the car we're just going to borrow it drive it around listen to the radio for a little bit the fact that the elders were a static photo with the lips moving a la clutch cargo. <laughs> yeah. Just threw me. And, and poorly animated. Yeah. The one thing the show taught me that I mentioned in the chat was that if you meet two nice gentlemen in a Winnebago, it's okay to get it and go with them places because they're your friends. Especially if there's a lightning bolt on the front. Yeah, it, It's mm-hmm. like, it's a bad adaptation. It's a bad superhero story. Like you said, production on every level is awful. This was physically painful to watch, like way more so than Transmorphers or Star Crash. I, I stuck it out through all five episodes. Only reason I didn't hate this, like I have nothing to say because I've honestly just completely forgotten what I was going to say. Not even a <laughs> not even a joke at this point. I, it's I've completely, completely gone. Yeah. Well, I, I mentioned that the, to me this was significantly worse than Star Crash, and I, I felt a rant coming on. Oh come on, Pat! You don't have any, you don't have oh, anything. No, I, to say. I mean, really, I 
I watched the one. I watched the pilot episode, and I didn't watch any more because I ran out of time, um, and I had to watch the the movie, and I wanted to watch that more than I wanted to watch any more of that shit. <laughs> and I was busy, you know. I had it on half the screen while I was doing the tweet at the same time, so I didn't really pay it enough of like a hundred percent of my attention to really get riled up about it. It was so bad, I refused to get into it. So I just let it play while I was t- typing away, and I was like, "Yep, okay, that was a thing I watched. Let's move on." <laughs> Yeah, I, I just like Star Crash at least like was outrageous and horrible, but at least it was somewhat original, like tried to do something, even if it did it badly. Mm-hmm. This, I, I don't, I think that piece of trivia that says this was made for kids and they don't know any better sums up the attitude towards everyone who had anything to do with this piece of crap show. I mean, I just, I didn't get riled up enough about it just because. I don't know. I mean, I, I didn't have to devote so much time to it. I didn't devote so much energy to it. I mean, if it, if I was if I made myself watch five episodes like Joel did, maybe I would hate it more. But I just watched the oh, one. I and I was get like, through five. Yeah, I just watched the one, and I was like, yeah, I'm not doing that again. So <laughs> I was I was extremely angry at everything, and like it makes sense and makes me more mad to know that they had the attitude where this is for kids and they don't know the difference. This is also like your one of your wheelhouses, you know, comic books and comic book movies, you know, you're big into that. And it's an affront to you for sure that they just kind of phoned this whole thing in. Well, when you use stock footage of your main character flying, that you reuse the exact same footage every week, you just edit it. Don't even bother to flip it or anything. Yeah. No, it's exactly. It's it's the same thing. (laughs) All five episodes I watched. And when he turned into Shazam, they always made sure he's wherever he was that he did it. He was standing in front of some trees or he could move to the left to stand in front of some trees. So when he said it, they could reuse the same footage. Uh, <laughs> the, the one with the, the blind kid, like first is Billy Batson. Ding, 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 he's ding. his whole brilliant idea to make the blind kid feel good about himself is to play football with him with a bell attached to the football. And every time he catches it, he calls him good boy, <laughs> like a dog. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I was hoping somebody would mention that. If you then, were, I was going to. Then, th- when the uh, kid's brother gets bitten by a snake, they make a big point where the blind kid knows where he is, so he'll prove his worth by leading us to him. You know, except you have a guy who can fly, <laughs> and your use for him is to have him go get snake bite serum <laughs> instead of flying and finding <laughs> the guy and taking him to a hospital. Did did they make the blind guy like smell his sock first before he went and found him? Or like, come oh, on, boy, then, you, then you when he found him. him. <laughs> good boy, good boy. There was something about smell. It, it, it was like at first he's like, oh, there's a creaking old tree, and he's like, oh, and I could smell the stagnant water. We're getting closer. Oh my god. Yep, that's exactly oh. what he said too. I got to the word. end of it, and I was just like. Fuck you guys. I'm not watching any more of this shit. Oh, but episode four and five was a two-parter about drugs. And a bad guy named Brock. Brock? Brock. B-R-O-C-K. He was the bad guy. What kind of drugs was he giving? I'm curious. Buddy Good is ever named Brock. They find this girl on the side of the road and her Volkswagen bug is, is died. And they help her fix it, and she leaves her bag behind and in her bag. There's a little white bag of powder, and Mentor puts it up to his face, and he goes, "That's drugs, Billy." <laughs> and I was like, 
<laughs> you smelled it and you can tell it's drugs. Good well, job. I mean, his now name Billy, is Mentor. He's like, now, Billy, go away for two hours while I check <laughs> this out. <laughs> and transform, the, fly away, go find a blind guy. I'm going to trip balls for a little bit. <laughs> and then I don't then care they, what this is. I'm taking it. He sends, apparently there's a motorcycle in the back of the Winnebago because all of a sudden there's a motorcycle that Billy takes off to go catch the girl. And when he gets there, he's... <laughs> Why doesn't he fly? Because he wasn't going to use his powers for, you know, unnecessary things. So he shows up there and he, Charging you know, cell phones. he, he does that. So mentor, you know, cause mentor is never going to catch her in the, the big Winnebago. So they show up and they're talking and all of a sudden mentor is in a tree behind him. Just like sitting in the tree Wait, in the tree. Yeah. He's just sitting in the tree behind him. And <laughs> it's like, have been some serious <laughs> shit that he took. <laughs> You're right. He's like, hey, I can fly now too, baby. <laughs> you got to help me down from here. It's just ham. I don't know how I get up here. He's actually sitting in the driver's seat of the RV going, look at me fly, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was not oh, good. God. I mean, and I think that's the attitude of just, I I would say TV in general for that time. There were very few shows that were, I don't want to say breaking ground, but that very few TV shows that were like, it was like, throw it on the air. They'll watch it. We'll get a season out of it. Everybody gets paid. There's a lot of that going on in the 70s and 80s as far as like for children's entertainment. Not a whole lot of thought put into much of it. No. Well, you know, because they're kids. Yeah, yeah. I, I. What do they know? Superhero completely who, changed. Who needs to cultivate the all youth? These, Let's just give them some garbage. <laughs> all these. Let's <laughs> see the new show comes out. I was like, all these like eight year olds going. That's not Jackson Boswick. <laughs> oh my god! Can we go to the break so I can purge this thing from my brain? I want to talk about it for another 25, 30 minutes. I, I'd like but, to hit, find the section of my brain where I retain memory of watching this show and bash it with a rock. What I think we should do right now is instead of a break, I think we should like live watch episodes four and five together. But the third episode was about a horse that they were going to put down. Oh, let's watch that one. Wait, about a, a horse? <laughs> what? There, there was a horse that they had to, they were going to put down because it had been willed to this guy. <laughs> from this girl's aunt and the guy was mistreating the horse. So it kicked him in the shin. And because of that, he was going to put the horse down and her father was the sheriff and had to do it and didn't want to do it, but he didn't have a choice because of the law. And what did captain Marvel do? He flew 500 miles to the, (laughs) to where the judge was, got him to do a stay of execution, like change the law or something so that the horse wouldn't have to be killed and then flew back all in under 20 minutes. He flew there, got the paperwork Wait, done. Yeah, that and- sounds like a job for a superhero. Yeah! <laughs> I gotta do some lawyering. <laughs> what kind of jurisdiction? <laughs> He's 500 miles away. Where, what the hell? How big is that county? It's Captain Bureaucracy standing in line at the DMV waiting to fill out paperwork for someone's driver's license. What a hero. He couldn't even get from the one point A to point B locally in 20 minutes. And yet he could fly there and back and get everything filled out and convince the judge to do it in triplicate 20 minutes, you know, (laughs) traveling a thousand miles total. I think Josh is going to have an aneurysm if we keep going. So we're going to take a break right now and um, (laughs) 
<laughs> let Josh calm down. And uh, I'm we'll be go back. Smell some drugs. Yes, go smell some drugs, and we're going to find you in a tree <laughs> later on. We're going to let Josh apologize to his wife for waking her up. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Shazam, honey. <laughs> you know how passionate I am about Shazam. This is your own fault for marrying me. <laughs> you knew what I was. <laughs> He's got a point there. <laughs> All right, we'll be back in a little bit. All right, we are back. We're going to talk about Shazam 2019. And I probably won't yell. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. I'm pretty sure he won't either, but I... Did you actually wake her up? (laughs) Oh, that's right. You were gone when I had... We'll talk about it later. So, Shazam 2019. We all have a superhero inside us. It just takes a bit of magic to bring it out. In Billy Batson's case, shouting out one word, Shazam! This streetwise 14-year-old foster kid can turn into the grown-up hero, Shazam. Uh, so this is directed by David F. Sandberg, uh, who did some other family-friendly things like Annabelle Creation and Lights Out. Lights Out. And Vadtis de Blev. I don't know what that is. Um, it's a drink. I don't know what that is, but it's kind of strange. Uh, but it, yeah, directing this one. This is also a screenplay by Henry Gaden. Uh, the guy who did Spider-Man 3 and Earth to Echo. One of those was actually a pretty good movie. Oh, it was, that was a decent one. I, I hope you're saying uh, Earth to Echo. Yeah, it was a fun little uh, kids found footage movie. Yeah. Hmm. yeah it actually matches up with um, Super 8 more than Goonies did. but uh, Yeah, it was better than it, than it thought it would be. Yeah, I, I actually enjoyed Earth to Echo. That was really good. I saw that with the kids. Uh, Darren Lemke uh, wrote this story. He was also the writer on that snail movie called Turbo, uh, Jack the Giant Slayer, and one of our movies that we watched here was uh, Goosebumps. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. The Jack uh, Black one? Yeah. Nice. Uh, Shazam, created by Bill Parker and C.C. Beck back in D.C. times. And uh, something else about this. Did you guys pay any attention during the credits? Are we talking about the actual credits or the post-credits? No, the actual credits. Oh, I mean, I was watching the uh, cartoons that they had at the beginning of the credits. Um, Produced by Dwayne Johnson. Hmm. Oh, I am not surprised. Hmm. He's been pushing so hard to be Black Adam for years. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he's going to make a great Black Adam when they do the movie. And I figure it's kind of like the Deadpool thing. Fine. If you're not going to do it, I'll do it. Yeah, he's been he's been trying to get that character for a very long time. That's been like one of his passion projects. Really? That's that's yeah. kind of strange. I mean, I mean Shazam isn't a Who is Black Adam? He's the main nemesis. Yeah. He he's, he's like Superman's um Lex Luthor. Okay. Yeah, he's like the opposite of Shazam. I mean, he's he's part of the same family as Shazam, but he's like the uh, the other side of the coin. Like Shazam is really good. Yeah, he's the one that uh, uh, when the wizard says that they chose a champion, but they chose hastily and made a huge mistake, they're talking about Black Adam. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. yeah. See, I know I, initially you think they're talking about the doctor, right? Yeah, I didn't know that. Credit for that goes to Joel. He pointed that out. Yes. 
And if you watch the cartoon that Mike uh, put in the chat, which you really shouldn't have because it was god awful, uh, he was Black Adam was in that also. That was the worst because Black Adam in that one is actually a the 1950s husband who gets hit in the head with the 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 rolling pin type of character. It's really strange. It's terrible. Like Don't an handicap. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah, gets duped by a giant uh, treasure chest in space. That was the weirdest thing, too. That was their. I can't go down this hole with you, Joel. <laughs> yeah. Guys, hey, just watch it. Your we'll it. Ah, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, this stars Zachary Levi as Shazam. If you don't know who Zachary Levi is, you can turn in your geek card because he, uh, he is Chuck Bartowski from 2007's Chuck, which is a show that I enjoyed a lot of. I'm just a very likable guy. It. Yeah. What yeah, you've I've never, never seen? seen I haven't either. Like what? It, it's been on my list. Uh, everyone says I'd like it, but huh? Video games. Uh, <laughs> watch everything. That's porn. Cool. What can I say? There's too much porn out there. <laughs> Jesus. All right. So uh, he's also in. Does the voice of Flynn Rider in Tangled and plays Fandral in Thor: The Dark World. Yeah. Oh, very yeah. like okay. uh, Mark Strong as Doctor Sivana. Mm-hmm. Uh, Second, he came up on. Second, he came up on. Everyone's like Merlin. That's Strong. funny because Sarah and I both went Mark Strong. He's he's plays a great villain and a good good guy too. But oh yeah, I mean it's, well, we villain. we all like the Kingsman movie out here and yes. seen a couple times. But um, yeah, he plays Doctor Savannah and he is going to be in the uh, new Dark Crystal movie also. Uh, I'm looking forward to watching that. I'm glad we're going to do a show about it, but I would have watched it either way. Oh, yeah. Gonna, just good stuff. So Billy Batson is played by Asher Angel, known for Shazam and something called Andy Mack TV show. So this is his first big out into uh, big movies, and I think he did a great job. I think his character was actually likable for a kid actor. You know, I, en- I enjoyed it when he was on he was on stage. So, I, I definitely agree. Uh, yeah, Freddie Freeman, the uh, crutch-using stepbrother. Stepbrother? Is that right? Foster, uh, brother. foster brother, yeah. Foster brother, yeah. Uh, it's played by Jack Dylan Grazier. Uh, if you do Another not know that. Another great performance, yes. really. Yeah. yeah he, well, and he also played Eddie in uh, It. Yep. Oh, yeah, Eddie Capsbrack. Yeah. Yep. So we've seen him before. So they've got a really strong kids cast on this one. So... I really, uh, I'm glad that they took the time to find kids that could actually emote because they played a big part of it. So Superhero Freddy was played by Adam Brody, known for Mr. and Mrs. Smith. What? The OC. What do you know him from? The OC. Oh. What? He was on the, the OC. A show called The OC. I, I know oh, from the, the OC. Movie. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Jennifer's Body which is kind of a guilty pleasure movie for me. The OC oh. and Jennifer's body. I didn't say this about Pat when he said porn, but I question how you two spend your time. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's not going to come back though. Adam Brody is. Have you guys seen porn? <laughs> like I said, I had no issue with porn. <laughs> it was the OC and Jennifer's, Jennifer's body. body. That made that, me speak up. That's what triggers it for him. That's fantastic. <laughs> so Jiman Honsu as uh, the wizard, who we know as Korath from Guardians of the Galaxy. 
He's just a great actor in general. Like, yeah, that, that's where I would think of him first. But he's in a bunch. Yeah, of yeah. anyone. The very first movie I ever saw him in was um, <laughs> that movie about the Italian immigrants. Remember that one? Yeah, whatever. Not important. I've, I've been a big fan it? of Jaime Hansu for, for fucking years. I can, I, I'll look it up later. Not that important. But yeah, he, well, it was an independent movie about a, an immigrant family of, of uh, Irish people, and he played their neighbor. Oh. Huh. I first remember him probably from Gladiator. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Me too. That. Yeah, that, I saw that's... Amistad, but I didn't see Amistad when it first came out. Okay. I, I saw it years later. Well, he's got a lot of credits that we would be. I mean, How to Train Your Dragon, he does voices in that one. And he's actually probably going to come up in another show later on because he plays Bosley in the uh, Charlie's Angels movie that's coming out in 2019. Hmm? Yeah. They're doing Wasn't another. Well, I, I was pretty was sure Elizabeth Banks, Banks Bosley? was Bosley. She's Bosley. Yeah, in fact, they ex- she explicitly introduces herself as Bosley in the trailer. I don't is know. He in Charlie? his credits, he's listed as Bosley. That is so weird. Oh, there might be a twist now. Yep, twist. Yeah, you're right. I'm looking at his IMDb. Yeah, Elizabeth Banks. Twist. Well, wait a second here. Now, him, Patrick Stewart, and Elizabeth Banks are all listed as playing Bosley. Oh, That's a bit of so a spoiler. That's a so big Bosley spoiler. is not a person. It's people, and there are multiple people in the in the uh, last in the list that don't have characters yet. Oh, you have to put spoilers in the in the tags for this show. I always spoilers, put spoilers. spoilers for Charlie's Angels in this tag for the show. The Shazam show's got spoilers for yeah, that's how it goes. That's very strange, <laughs> right? Uh, so uh, Cooper Andrews as Victor Vasquez. I put Cooper in here because if you watch The Walking Dead, then you know Jerry. A, I'd wondered wonder, where I'd seen him before. He's a fan favorite on the show. Uh, immediately charismatic sort of guy. Yeah, good casting too for this. <laughs> and then finally, John Glover as Mr. Savannah, playing his villainous type of douchebag businessman as he does. I mean, in general, we left off a lot of the child performances besides Jack Dylan Grazier and Asher Angel, but like all of the kids were really good. And I didn't know a whole lot about Captain Marvel slash uh, Shazam, but I did my research right after watching the movie. And I was like, wow, they are super, super close to the comics in terms of like the Marvel's family. Like mm-hmm. every one of their archetypes, there was a kid who was exactly like that. Honestly, I was really surprised about how uh, how well they did this. For for as little screen time as the entire family had as individuals, they were not just you know one dimensional cookie cutter characters. Well, and mm-hmm. that was the thing is they struck me as the sort of characters that you'd make up for a movie. And to find out that both them as kids retained the personality and distinguishing characteristics of their comics characters and their superhero alter egos. Big spoiler for the ending. Okay. Uh, th- like that. In just a couple of lines or one scene, they made it clear the, the specialty of each one of the kids, and that's ripped straight from the comics, which I think is freaking awesome. Yeah. And again, I think with Dwayne Johnson producing. Well, he, I mean, he, honestly, I think that must have been the big thing, because again, with the Deadpool thing, if we're going to do it, we're going to do it right. Yeah, let's get to trivia before I continue gushing about how great they put this together. All right. So trivia near the abandoned warehouse where Freddy trains Billy and records his powers. A factory with the sign Ace Chemicals is in the background. That is the same factory where the Joker was born in the 1989 Batman. That's pretty cool. That's great trivia right Uh, there. That is. I missed it. 
I thought that was a fun little bit of, yeah. bit of trivia. So uh, during the fight in the toy store, Shazam runs across a giant keyboard. This is a reference to Big in 1988, which is like this film, features a boy turning into adult overnight. And I was really expecting some sort of goofy keyboard fight at that point. Well, and that's the thing is, it's weird to call that trivia because I think this is just like a, an explicit shout out. Like, mm-hmm. in order to miss it, you have to have never seen Big. But they tweaked yeah, and it. That's the first and- thing that popped in my head. They they made it into their own thing though. They didn't go for the the total homage. They just went, okay, there you got it. And then now let's make it our own. And when he's running at him and he's it's playing as he's running, I thought it was cool. Oh, and they had a little bit, a lot of that where there'd be a little break and there'd be a subversion of some trope, whether from superheroes or other types of movies, and it's played for a laugh to break the movie from getting too DC serious. Ah, you just coined a new phrase. One that I liked the most was when the, the he was doing his big villain speech at the end, and they kept cutting back to Shazam. He's like, "All I can see is your lips moving. What are you, are you saying? Something? What you? We're like that a mile away." Yeah, and Doctor Savannah, in a lot of ways, is like the embodiment of what we've seen from DC so far. Like, um, grim, dark guy, and like having Shazam play off him. Oh man, it, it show it gives me a little bit of hope for what DC can do. Like, do this. Mm-hmm. Stop trying to be Marvel. Yeah, yeah. Do stuff like this. This this is so much better than anything. Like, I enjoyed Wonder Woman. I liked this more. You know why? Because this had again. This is another one of those movies where I had the same feeling like I did when I watched um, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, I was having a really good time watching this movie, and that doesn't. That doesn't happen often. It doesn't happen often for the movies that we watch sometimes for the show. But I mean, it's very <laughs> rarely where you're like, wow, I'm really digging this. I not only am I involved with the characters, but I'm having fun watching this. And I'd say for 80 percent of Wonder Woman, I had the same feeling. But then you get to the 20 minute CGI fight at the end, which mm-hmm. this didn't have. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of CGI with the seven deadly sins, but it was still fun. Mm-hmm. And it was done really well. The CGI was very well done. Yeah, yeah. More trivia. One of the doors in the Rock of Eternity room reveals a room of sentient crocodiles playing poker. These are the crocodile men and will eventually become enemies of Captain Marvel. So nice. Another little. And that thing is like all these all. There's never any sort of like, you know, where they run across the keyboard, look at the screen, wink and nod at point at the keyboard. It's all played off super smooth for all these little nods and things. So also throughout the film, Billy Batson displays a liking for tigers. He likes stuffed tigers. His backpack has a tiger on it. And as Shazam, his cape clasps have tigers on them. I did not notice that. This is an homage to Mr. Talkie Tawny, a magical tiger who is Captain Marvel's ally in the comics. Which in the original comics, he didn't talk, but in the new 52, the character actually wears a suit and talks. So they're talking about there's rumors that he'll make an appearance in one of the next films if they continue. Oh, and it looks like they're going to continue. Yeah. With, they've already greenlit uh, the second one. Well, Black Adam is go- already going into production and uh, the second Captain Marvel is greenlit for, I think next year they're going to start working on it. Well, you know, Joel, you're the only person who watched the, ca- the cartoon with me in that scene where they go into the museum and the museum curator is a tiger and doesn't seem to phase any of the Marvel family. 
just after one of the Marvels got turned into a dog head by Black Adam. So Black Adam turns one of the Marvel boys into a dog. They take him to the wizard to get him fixed, and they go to the museum to catch up with Black Adam. And the, the curator is a tiger, but nobody says anything about it. They don't try to fix him. So that has to be in Talkie Tawny then. Well, they, they I thought they mentioned that the curator had been turned, but they didn't, yeah, it didn't phase him. So maybe they were just like, oh, that's normal. That's anyway. a tiger like we're used to. Strangeness. Well, that card right. Right. Throughout the film, Billy Batson's super alter ego is referred to by a variety of names. This is an homage to the controversy over Captain Marvel's name, which kept changing between different titles. Captain Marvel, Shazam, Captain Thunder, due to issues with rival company Marvel having a similar name and a similar character, Captain Marvel. That's fun. Well, it's it's fun if you look down the list of, like on the YouTube videos, every one of them has a different name for the the superhero. One of the names in the, the YouTube video was Captain Marvel. Oh, really? That's awesome. Yep. They never say it. Nice catch. It, it was in the YouTube because I was watching them because it was like, you know, Red Cyclone and they had all these and then, you know, Captain Sparkle Fingers and all that. And then one of them actually said Captain Marvel. Huh. I was like, oh. So um, Shazam, originally known as Captain Marvel, was the subject of Hollywood's first ever superhero film adaptation. Republic Pictures Adventures of Captain Marvel it made in 1941, where Billy Batson was played by Frank Coglin Jr., who then, ready for it, Joel? His last mm-hmm. film appearance was playing a guard in the episode The Braggart from the 1974 Shazam show. <laughs> nice. Wow, that's a horrible end. I know, right? Well, <laughs> He's at least it came full circle. My life sucks. I thought I got away from this thing. Well, I'll probably say that the, the 1941 movie is probably better than anything that was made in 1974. Oh, I love the old serials. Yeah. Yeah. But you're probably let's right. Let's go on about how much we like this movie. Who was expecting not to like it when they stepped in? Uh, I was kind of in a way. Um, I, I'd, I'd never, like I told you guys before, I'd never even heard of this character i'd never read the comic books or anything i wasn't familiar with it and just by looking at the uniform and everything i was just kind of like yeah this is probably going to be pretty lame i wasn't thinking it was going to be awful but i definitely wasn't thinking it was going to be good Hmm. well when i saw the trailer because i'd never read the comic when i was collecting comics i knew of the character and i'd seen the cartoon as a kid at some point but i knew very little about it and when i saw the trailer i was like wow this looks really good so i showed it to the kids and they got excited about it too and so I was expecting it to be good just because Zachary Levi, but I, I, yeah, I wasn't expecting it to be as good as it was. Yeah, my expectations were high and they were exceeded because uh, I was familiar with the character and always thought that previous, like the thing that always fascinated me about him is that he's a kid in this grown adult Superman style body. Mm-hmm. And like, I didn't have the deep dive knowledge that I normally have about superhero characters. For one, he's DC, and f- for two, he's not Batman. So. That's actually <laughs> funny. Funny enough, like when I was doing my research for the tweet, trying to find a good date, that's the reason why I chose the date I did because that graphic novel reboot was when they went back to the original. You know, he's a kid in, a, in an adult's body because they went away for that for a while. And the reboot that right. was the same as was what we did was why I picked that date. So, and like the new Fifty Two, they lean into that where you've got a Shazam standing there, and you got Power Girl who's got the huge boob window in her comic that everyone comments on, mm-hmm. and he's just staring. <laughs> <laughs> I 
like completely like no other hero does that but he's 14 so yeah and a they uh, definitely yeah Look, she, google google her yeah power girl she's she's basically got a white all white outfit but like there's a circle right for cleavage yeah and, and the explanation is is because she's kryptonian she has to have more skin exposure in order to keep her powers going. I mean, the real answer is, is the guy who was drawing her was not getting any attention. So he kept making her boobs bigger and her cleavage more and more until somebody said something. That, that's actually I, what the penciler said when he, he uh, did that costume for that character. This is exactly what a woman would choose to wear if she was a superhero. I see it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, but, uh, and the whole new DC's new 52, they uh, borrowed very heavily from that interpretation of the character. Like Dr. Savannah is the Dr. Savannah from uh, the new Shazam. Yeah, they, they, they went mm -hmm. in pretty. And he was a great doctor. Pretty Savannah. deep into that for the character. And to touch on the, the him being a kid thing. Well, that was a weird string, string, string of words. Um <laughs> I think that's one of the reasons that the, the characters had that's a staying power is that, um, you know, any kid that picks it up to read it, they can identify with it because even though he's an adult and he's a superhero in real life, he, he really is just like them, you know? Yeah. And that's where a lot of the campiness of, cause that's one of the things about <laughs> Captain Marvel. Cause it's like, golly gee, you know, holy cow. You know, he never, I mean, he uses all these like, kid terms to it and it's this grown man and i think in this movie they did a great job uh uh i hate just lost his name so i'm gonna say chuck <laughs> he did an amazing job of it especially the scene in the mini mart where he's like i would like to buy some of your finest beer please <laughs> i lost it when they were shooting the first youtube video of him testing his powers and at the beginning he's flossing yeah Doing yeah fortnite dance <laughs> yeah yeah, it's. I mean, they couldn't have picked a better guy to play Shazam, honestly. Yeah, I mean, the, all the they, they had good uh, chemistry. Him, him, and the guy that you know, Zachary Levi, and the actor that played Freddie, they had good chemistry. Yeah. Well, and that was something I was a little worried about because as I was watching it, I'm like, okay, are they going to go to the Marvel family? Because if you, especially after watching the cartoon that Mike linked, you know, the the family is there. I'm like, are they going to go that route? And if so, is that where this movie is going to derail? And the way that they, you know, did it, you know, with Freddie and the rest of the kids, I thought worked out really well, ultimately. Um, yeah. I didn't think it would downplayed it at all. I actually felt like it was a, a, a strong choice. I'm just going to go on record right now with my thumbs up because um, I was very, I went into this with a, like I said, not knowing anything about it. This was a, this was a really fun movie to watch. I mean, I enjoyed it a lot. It was well acted, well shot that I liked. I, I liked everything about it. The whole concept of, you know, the 14 year old kid having a invulnerable alter ego. I mean, it's, it's, it's just fun. What kid doesn't want that? Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, and, and it was kind of touching the one scene where, you know, he's like, you're just jealous that this didn't happen to you. And Freddie's like, yeah, of course. <laughs> I, mean, yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, it was, it was a funny, but touching scene where he's, you know, he, he's like, of course I don't want to be this kid. I am. Of course I want to be a superhero because like you said, what kid doesn't want that? Yeah. And I thought one of the scenes where they played up his adolescence uh, or teen, being a teenager was the scene with the bus where he's standing underneath it and he grabs a mattress to tell the guy <laughs> <Yeah>. to jump. 
Yeah. And then he's like, yeah, this is going to hurt. And it lands on him and he's all like, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Like he's lifting the bus and you know, that just epitomized kind of the character in a nutshell. Just yeah. really well done. The whole movie. Now, you know what this, this kind of makes me hopeful for is because <clears throat> DC, I think has a better grasp on, kind of humorous superheroes with like Shazam's got the kind of campy thing, kind of the self-aware heroes like ambush bug or the one I'm hoping for is this. They realize that DC has a talent for doing movies that are kind of funny and fun to watch. I want to see a booster gold movie. I'm waiting for booster and beetle. I want, I want a booster and beetle movie. That would be so much fun. Amazing. If they got the right cast. Mm -hmm. I don't know who those people are. Oh. Booster Gold is basically a superhero from the future that bought all his powers. It's like He's Ted DiBiase. <laughs> I think you're getting the other side of like, now I don't know who that is. I know who that is. <laughs> He's like Iron Man, but if Iron Man was all about like flaunting the fact that he's rich. Yeah, like se- like selling stuff with his name on it. Yeah, like a shill, but he's still a superhero. They're going to get a Bruce Campbell type to play that character, I'm sure. And then uh, Blue Beetle has his powers from, what is it, the, the Mystic the Scarab or whatever? Yeah. And he's he's kind of a, he's, he's his own hero. He's a good guy, but he's kind of goofy. Yeah, he's and Ambush of, Bug is the only hero in the DC universe that actually knows that he's in a comic book. So he's yeah. kind of like, he's kind of like the, uh, the Deadpool of yeah. the DC side, except he's not like, a super combat guy. He's no. <laughs> just trying to survive because he's the only guy who knows that all this is happening around him. And he's just like trying to get to the next panel is a whole thing for him. Hmm. Almost sounds lo- more like an analog to Gwenpool, except does he have powers? Uh, he can teleport. Yeah. Okay. So that, that would be the big difference between him and Gwenpool. Yeah. It's minimal Gwenpool's powers. whole thing is she has no powers, but she knows she's in a comic and manipulates the story. Okay. And her, her uh, role as main character. Cool. So do you want to do thumbs up, thumbs down? I like where DC is at. I can't guess. If they keep doing this. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this was just so good. And like the, the uh, Mr. Mind at the end. And yeah. uh, Sarah caught him at the beginning. Like Mr. Mind is actually in a jar right at the beginning. Really? Like oh, in, yeah. In the caves? In the case, really uh, the yeah. young Savannah walks past a jar with a caterpillar in it. And when he walks back out right before he gets sent back into the car, the jar is empty. Huh. I, did, I did notice that because I was like, what's the fuck's with this caterpillar they're zooming in on? Well, I, you didn't get to the post credit sequence. I did, I did. I saw it. I oh, okay. It. So you saw it. That, that's Mr. Mind. He is uh, a hyper-intelligent supervillain that... In the comics, uh, allied with Savannah. So apparently, mm. according to his own bragging, is more powerful than gods. I guess Savannah, Mister Mind, and, and Black Adam, and Mister Mind, he is—he's a caterpillar capable of destroying large chunks of the universe. That's all. So yeah, I mean, he—I'm just looking at his uh, entry on the wiki right now, and he—he's described as altering the earth with every flap of his wings and eating years and events from this universe's history. So yeah, yeah. he's powerful. He got a thing. All right. So I think we—we we all figure up. There's all thumbs down for the then, and all thumbs up for the now.
I think that's pretty uh, obvious. Yeah, <laughs> so, I think that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> if not, if not witnessed by Josh's scream of pain at the end of the last segment, but no, I don't know. See, I love the new one so much and hate the old one. I don't know if this like evens out. Do I love the new one more than I hated the old one? I don't know if I get <laughs> to an overall zero on this. Huh. I'm definitely in the positive because I kind of nothing to the first one. I hated it, but I didn't like passionately hate it. It is my normal level of hate. I mean, come on, he doesn't have a cape; he has a shawl. Yeah, and the second one I I really liked, so I'm definitely in the positive. Positives all around. All right, about it, I guess. That's it. So, so uh, what do we have on tap for next week, gentlemen? Uh, next week, <laughs> we're doing Mary Poppins and Mary Poppins Returns. Yeah, Mary Poppins Returns just popped up on uh, Netflix, so we're doing the original and the over sixty years later. Oh, so we're doing the original and not Yondu from Guardians. Aw, <laughs> now you're now I'm all sad. All right, if you want to give us your thoughts on Captain Marvel, uh, comic book movies in general, anything we talk about here, let us know. Give us a call seven zero eight now wrap that's seven zero eight six six nine nine seven two seven. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you want to find our older stuff, like I said before, iTunes, Blu-ray, Stitcher, Talkshoe, Podverse FM, leave us some reviews. Uh, give us a call, like you said, and you can also go to our home on the web, 40go14 at, g- at gmail.com and 40go14.com. There you go. Shazam. That's what I was going to say. And you know what the thing is that I, that I don't like about it? That I wonder where Shazam is. There he is. <laughs> <laughs> the lightning coming down is pretty cool, but if you ever try and do you can he can never do a stealth mission. Who needs stealth if you can just crack lightning wherever you want just by saying Shazam twice? That's true. All right. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. I thought it was rickety cricket sucking on lemons. <laughs>